Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio, it's time for the GNFCC 400 Insider. Connect, build, and grow with the Greater North Fulton Chamber of Commerce. Hello and welcome to the GNFCC 400 Insider, the monthly radio show and podcast presented by the Greater North Fulton Chamber. I'm Callie Boatwright, President and CEO of the Greater North Fulton Chamber, and today we are very excited to celebrate our 2020 Women Influencing Business Award winners. Our Woman of Excellence transforms plans into action, obstacles into opportunities, and challenges into successes. She motivates her colleagues to bring their best performance and mentors emerging talent. She demonstrates vision by bringing innovative ideas into action in the workplace and the community. The winner has a tenured leader in our industry who inspires other women all across our region. Please join me in welcoming our 2020 Businesswoman of Excellence Award winner, Julie Haley, CEO of Edge Solutions. Welcome, Julie. So great to be here. I'm honored to be on Business Radio X with these fabulous women. It is actually one of my favorite shows to be on here with all these amazing, talented women. So I agree with you. Also joining Julie, we had um, our Rising Star Award, which is presented annually to a woman who demonstrates the qualities of enthusiasm, tenacity, and a strong work ethic and is actively engaged in leadership roles in the workplace or the community. This year, we couldn't decide among our rising stars and actually chose two winners. Our 2020 rising stars are, first, Gloria Matea, owner and operator of Nothing But Cakes in Alpharetta. Welcome, Gloria. Thank you. Thank you. Very excited to be here with you guys. And uh, it's I'm humbled to be right beside Jennifer in this award. It is actually a lot of fun. And, of course, Jennifer Cantor co-owner of Rivers Academy. Welcome, Jennifer. So, thank you for having me. And like the lady said, it's just an honor to be here. Um, going through our award ceremony last week, well, two weeks ago, was so yeah. cool just to get to hear the bios from everyone and um, just be beside these women while we get get this award and get to be a part of today's show. So, thank you. Well, I appreciate y'all being here. So the awards program indeed was a great opportunity to honor each of you and to announce our winners. Um, and this podcast gives us a little opportunity to go behind the scenes a little further and just learn maybe some nuggets from you um, about your businesses and about what it's taken you to get there. So if you don't mind with three of you on with me this week, I'm going to jump right into um, an overview question that will go to all of you. Um, but I, what I'm wanting to, to know about is just an overview of your company, um, maybe how you got involved here at the chamber, but also, of course, how you got into what you do now. So um, a little bit about yourself and your background that led kind of to this career. So it's a pretty all-encompassing question. And um, I'm going to go ahead and start with our uh, businesswoman of excellence, Julie Haley. Julie, if you don't mind just sharing with us a little bit about your company now and kind of your your road to where you are. Okay, thank you. Uh, Edge specializes in data center infrastructure, automation tools, networking, and high-level cloud services, mostly to enterprise-level clients. And our unique value is bringing the born-in-the-cloud technologies um, technologies that no one else is talking about. So we help them with their digital transformation 
because we believe you can't transform on legacy platforms. So our, our solutions reduce costs and simplify uh, everyone's data center footprint. We started Edge at my kitchen table here in Alpharetta, early 19, I mean, 2008, so that's 12 years ago. And our growth has always been organic, so we can stay in tight control of our culture. Today, we're at $45 million in revenues. We have 28 employees located in the Southeast and customers all over the United States. And we also deliver services worldwide. Last year, we opened up an office in London to launch UK operations. We have no outside investors, no debt. Um, and we are proud that um, last year our bottom line grew by 37% and our top line doubled. And your question about how I got involved with the chamber, um, I guess when we were about four years old, I, yeah, four years old, we had um, hit number two in the Inc. 500 and just things were happening. And somebody nominated us for Small Business of the Year for the chamber, which we won. And little did I know that that means that you uh, become the chair of the small business committee. That's what happens when you win awards. You are so welcome. Come <laughs> back in and uh, do things. So I have a, a background as a business and commercial litigator. And I think my background, um, I was love law school, but I was miserable practicing law. I didn't have, um, I just, just didn't believe in billable hours because it's, it didn't reward you for how well you did your job for your client. It instead rewarded you on something about how many hours you can bill. And, and so I, I, I think that taught me a lot about building a culture, trust with your clients and with your employees. And culture, I believe, is everything. So anyway, it really did help me on uh, building a wonderful culture, I think, because I was so happy to get out of practicing. <laughs> I understand that. It's certainly an interesting progression from uh, law to opening your amazing boutique um, agency there at your at your kitchen table, but one that uh, has taken you to such great places. So we're glad to honor you today. Um, next, we're going to move over to uh, Gloria. Gloria, tell us a little bit about your business, um, your very yummy business, and how <laughs> you you kind of took an interesting path to get here as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Julie. Very impressive. Um, so, so proud to be standing right here beside you. Um, so I'm Gloria Matei. I'm the owner of Nothing Bun Cakes in Alpharetta. And as you all know, Nothing Bun Cakes is a franchise. And uh, so I started this back in 2013. And, um, and everybody thinks that um, I have a culinary art degree or something of that nature and nothing farther from the truth. I um, study business um, education with a major in accounting, and I was a CPA, and um, I ventured in accounting for about two or three years in, uh, uh, within the tele- telecommunications industry, and that's when I moved uh, to the United States, and um, got really interested in knowing every single detail of a business. And um, that's why I moved into operations and I just fell in love with it. And in uh, telecommunications, telecommunications was all I knew. And uh, until I got pregnant and I got my kids and uh, my son uh, is in the spectrum. And that's when that little voice in my head said, I need to do something on my own eventually at some point in my life. 
So that was in the back of my head coming from an entrepreneur family, uh, from my grandfather or my mother. But I was a workaholic, corporate world, loved my world, um, you know, director of operations for telecommunications. So everything that had to do with cars and telecommunications, I was the only woman in, in a world of guys looking at all these cars. And, and I was there um, figuring out how to implement things. And so that was my passion. Until in one of my travels, I got to know the brand and um, and I thought, this is so amazing. This is so yummy. I have never seen anything in Georgia like this. And um, that little voice in my head said, this is something that I can do. And maybe it's the platform for my son. And um, 2011, ran into it, 2002 years to figure out how to make it happen. And uh, some bump in the road before we figure it out. And uh and now we're about going to be seven years. So I just jumped out of my comfort zone in corporate world. I knew I was a workaholic. And uh, I remember that when before I decided to quit Verizon, my husband said, if you put 50% of the effort that you put in Verizon, <laughs> you will be successful. So here I am. We um, It is a very rewarding business. Um, I own the market of Alpharetta. So being a franchise, we have a selected market and uh, we support Alfreda Milton and Roswell and it's all about joy it's very rewarding it's all about celebrations it's about um, enjoying the everyday the just because and um, it's about bringing joy to other people and um, it has been a platform that I have enjoyed because I have seen many people grow in our business to do something else so very rewarding. Gloria, I'm so glad that you got the Alpharetta market and that you're here because here at the Greater North Fulton Chamber, we like to say that every day is a good reason to eat cake. So, <laughs> and and I will tell you that most of the time, if not all of it, they are your wonderful cakes. So, congratulations to you too. Finally, you. Jennifer, we are so excited to hear more about you and about Rivers Academy and your journey to to where you are today, which is also very interesting. Thank you. Yeah. So I am the the crazy girl that graduated college, um, not in the education field. Um, I had went to school um, and their program was great, but I felt like they were asking teachers to t- become something and teach out of this box. And I felt like during the, the education um, I remember the teachers that went against the grinning, you know, that that didn't teach out those box. Those were the teachers that, you know, made me want to come to class and made it exciting and made me, you know, be active part of my own learning. Um, so I decided that that wasn't for me. And I went into um, the a degree of writing and concentration and publication. Um, I wanted to write motivational and inspirational books for young women. And so that was what I was going to do. I had it all mapped out. And guess what? When you graduate college, there's nobody saying, here, we're going to pay you to write a book. It doesn't happen like that, but the bills are there. Um, so I just, you know, tried to figure it out and applied to a ton of jobs and landed on this very, very small private school at the time. Um, it had just opened. The founder had been approached by a golfer and a uh, gymnast, and they could only write so many excuses of somebody. And, you know, grandma can only pass away so many times where that excuse becomes to where it doesn't work anymore. So they felt and she saw was a huge visionary and saw the need for a school that allowed a little bit more flexibility as far as schooling, the time spent in school goes. 
Um, so she built the, you know, started the school in downtown Alpharetta. I was hired as an English teacher um, because that was what I had my degree in. And I remember a friend that a mutual friend that said, you know, Jennifer, just come and uh, check it out. I came and never looked back. I thought this is what education is supposed to be like. We, we can make education fun. We can have it to where there is balance to these children's life. They don't have to go. You know, right now, most majority of children are doing a full time job. You know, they're spending as many hours in a school building, a brick and mortar building as full time adults with a full time job do. Um, and there are phenomenal teachers in every every different school that's in education, private school, public school. So that is not a knock to anybody. Um, I think educators are the ones who are shaping the future of the world, especially right now. So props to anyone who is a teacher in education. Um, But I felt like it needed to be done differently and the school was doing it differently. So my idea of becoming a teacher had come full circle. Um, I was the only one that did not have a child or a spouse at the time. And I said, give it to me. I am all in. I'm, you know, I can be here day or night. Um, And that's truly when I saw you know, the old cliche saying you get in or you get out what you put in. I put in and put in and I kept getting back in return. I was the director of admissions, um, then became teacher liaison, then co-director, went and got my master's degree um, right after we got married. Not my number one tip of advice to give to anybody, but what I did and uh, I survived. And then um, I guess about seven years ago, the owner of the school, you know, had approached me about I want to want you to own this one day. And I felt like Charlie with a golden ticket and felt like I hit a jackpot. And so um, I purchased the school with my business partner in June of 2018. And it has been a crazy, crazy ride ever since then. When we bought the school, it was we were at 240 students. Um, and before we started the following year, we bought it in June. And by August, we were up to 288 Um, So we are at capacity. Our building, if you have ever seen Rivers Academy, is small. We're a small school that does big things, but um, great, great school. I'm just blessed to be a part of it. And as far as the chamber goes, um, we have a friend that served on our advisory board. I'm sure you all know her well, Linda Coyle, was like, you guys got to be a part of this. It's wonderful. It's doing wonderful things. And one of our goals that we set for ourselves two years ago was to become a bigger component of the community to help people that needed help and to, to, to be a school that people knew for our service. Um, so we became a partner with the chamber right before the COVID pandemic hit. So here we are with hands willing to help and not a whole lot to do right now, but we're, we're ready to hit the ground running. Um, uh, two years ago, we started our first Rivers Academy Family Service Day, and we've only gotten to have it one time. But we picked three communities, our three um, charities in the community, and our families signed up to serve, do a service day with them. And that was probably my favorite event that we have had as a school so far, because we got to involve parents and students uh, and just show them you can be great in your passion. You can be great at academics. But when you're great in your community and show up for others, that's what makes you a whole well-rounded individual. So. That is my very long-winded answer to number one. <laughs> that was awesome. I think um, all of you really in your own ways um, mentioned culture and community and the importance of all that. And, and that warms my heart because I find that to be a very significant part of the reason I love being at the Greater North Fulton Chamber and what we do is because we too believe that that, that is all important for what you're doing. Um, Jennifer, obviously you run a school, so I have to ask, Lori and Julie, were you guys great students in school? I think so. You think so? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> and Julie, 
in school, I felt like I wasn't one of the smartest, but I felt like I could always um, work harder than everybody else. So I was a hard worker. That's awesome. I think, and hard work always, you know, can overcome that, that element. I feel like, yeah, Gloria, you feel it that way too. Um, Jennifer, I know you direct a school, but I'm still going to, no, not, not the greatest student, but really hard worker. Um, You're going to find this hard to believe. I was a talker. So in (laughs) middle school, I got in trouble for talking a lot and I like to be the class clown. I love to crack a joke at almost the wrong time, every time, but high school, I probably, in all honesty, um, I, I became a good student in college. I will give you my honest answer. That's a good, no, it's a good answer. And the gift of gab is not necessarily a bad thing. I, I appreciate it very much. All right, Julie, back to you. I want to talk to you a little bit. You have really been a force um, in the North Fulton community for, for the last 12 years. And um, I know this because you happened to be on the search committee on my board of directors when I was hired for this job. Um, so I know how many different volunteer roles that you filled across the community. We sit together on the North Fulton Community Charity Board and numerous others. Could you maybe talk a little about the importance of your volunteer roles in this community and maybe how they helped contribute to where you are today? Um, yes, with each, I believe with each role, I've learned so much. Um, and um, from these amazing people I sit on boards with, and I've learned from everybody in each experience, um, especially um, when the mayor um, of Alpharetta asked me to um, be a starting member of Tech Alpharetta and connected me with all the tech execs in Alpharetta. A lot of people don't know that we are truly in Alpharetta and the North Fulton area, really. We are the technology city of the South. And um, so that I've learned so much from, you know, building that board and building that community about building a culture of technology. And it added to my um, belief that culture is so important because we've all served and been in areas that are toxic and feel out of balance and don't feel right. And we can always do better. And so I've, I've learned to listen a lot better and, um, and part of leading is listening, I believe. And we had, God gave us two ears and one mouth. And so I, I love that. I just got off a board meeting with Tech, uh, um, Gwinnett Tech. And um, that was, now I'm the chairperson of that committee. I'm still learning about the importance of technical education. And um, in, in Georgia, in um, North Fulton and Gwinnett are like the two big service areas for uh, technical education. And um, it's very, very important about getting our co- economy back together and creating a, a world where everybody contributes and can make a good living and fill the jobs that, that our businesses right now need instead of getting these hand, fancy education um, uh, and then not being able to find a job. So a lot of the students there, but Jennifer's wondering where you were when she was getting her degree and trying to figure this out. So, I mean, I think that comes full circle around here. Julie, I also want you to share with everybody, you all just won an amazing award here in Atlanta. Do you want to share that with everybody? Yes. For culture. Part of building culture is getting feedback. And for years, we've always applied to the Best Places to Work Award in the Atlanta Business Chronicle because it gives you a way of really knowing what your employees think about you. And sometimes it's bad and you learn from that each time. So 
there's been we've we've always been up there on you know best places to work but there's been some years one year i found out that a brand new vp of sales was not doing a good job in communicating with our employees so that led me to make a, a very difficult decision and um, thing information like that is is just so key because they don't interview me they interview our employees and it's anonymous so you get real feedback so this year we hit number 2 for best places to work at small businesses and what an honor that to me that says i'm doing the right thing about building a culture because it has been a hard year for all of us um and keeping connected communicating and um calming the fears of that we all justifiably have about this time of our lives and um so thank you yeah that was a good one no that's a wonderful wonderful award and certainly much deserved and and a big significant reason why um you certainly were selected in in the position you've got as well um you know you hit on obviously we're in the midst of a pandemic and um so Gloria, you know, this is an interesting time for you. Um, sure. Technically a, a restaurant slash caterer slash retail, all of which have yeah. been impacted. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, you've always been such an amazing um, community servant and are affectionately known to everybody as the, the bunt cake lady. I know. Um, <laughs> right. And yeah. you, you always tell people I'm not in a cake business. I'm in the joy giving business, but I know, that was a little difficult, right? Since March yes. being shut down and maybe tell us a little bit about um, how owning that small business and, and what's occurred just over the last few months, if you don't mind, has really yeah. affected, you know, your business and your life. It has, it has. Let me tell you, it has been one of the toughest situations I have had to, to endure. I mean, I, I jump into this with no previous knowledge about restaurant business or, or caring business at all. And it has been a learning curve and it has been quite a journey. But when March hit, it was such, um, how do I tell you? It was okay. Felt like maybe the first month of our, of our venture when we opened and we were like, Oh my God, what do we do? Right. But at the same token, it was such a big responsibility because you have a team. Mm-hmm. of um, employees that are wondering what's going to happen. Am I going to lose my job? Um, um, and, and it is so hard to do that. Um, when when this hit us, being a business owner, first of all, you know, so you wonder all of these things, is business, and can I, do I need to close? Uh, what do I, What is best for my team? Do I stay open? How many people can I keep employed? Um, all of that. And um so we were really, really blessed. We didn't have to close. We just say, we're just going to hunker down. And uh, we were very blessed to be able to keep a skeleton crew. But I may I maintain all those employees that needed the job. Those that um, I'm very blessed that I have some team members that this is kind of like a additional, you know, income. And those individuals were, again, it's part of the culture that you're talking about, Julie. It's all about being a family and being there for each other. And uh, those individuals were like, Gloria, we're just going to step back so that you can keep those individuals that really need the job. And uh, so we hunkered down with a, with a very skeleton crew. And uh, But then it was about giving them purpose and giving them that positiveness that, hey, we're going to make this together. We're blessed. We're here. We're open. We're going to make it happen. 
Um, and then the community was so, so supportive. We were very blessed. Um, we had individuals coming into our bakery saying, we're here for you. We're here because you have supported us in the past and we're here to keep you going. And that gives me shields every time I think about it. But it was really important. And it was not important just for me. It was important for the team. Um, those first two weeks uh, in March, I remember not, you know, everybody afraid to come into the store. So barely nobody walking in. Uh, sales down 30, 40 percent. I mean, the team felt that the team see it. So one of the first things I did, again, thinking about community and thinking about the team, I was like, okay, guys, we need to bring joy. These are hard times. Who are there? Who are our frontliners? And everybody was like the hospitals. And I go, okay, so we're going to make cake for the hospitals. And uh, we riled them up and we were just doing our every day. But instead of going to the customers, I went to the hospital and I said, here, you guys. And we brought cakes for everybody at North Fulton Hospital. Um, so that sense of community is what has kept me going. And uh, it's not just for me because that was one of the big things I was missing when I was in corporate world. And that has what has kept me grounded. And that's what has kept grounded the team now in this time of the year. Well, we certainly appreciate the fact that that uh, you kept it going and hunkered down. And I know that all of our frontline workers at the hospital certainly appreciated a uh, treat during that time. Yeah. And, you know, it's been an interesting time for all of us. Jennifer, I think we would all agree that this has probably affected schools more than maybe anybody else. Um, whether, and you mentioned this, whether it's the teachers or the students and, and um, you know, it's just an interesting time. Um, you're very passionate about Rivers Academy, but also about the type of education that you offer. And so I have to ask you, you know, you you would always have a drive, obviously, to do what you're doing. But maybe during this time when folks at the schools really have every reason to say they're burned out, uh, you know, how are you how are you keeping going and what are you doing to motivate your team? So, wow. Um, first off, I would say, you know, just like I mentioned before, anyone in education right now, you know, we see them in classes. You drop your kid off at carpool. You see them greeting your child. Um, you see a teacher because they sent you an email. What we're not seeing right now is the hours of their time with their own children that they're given up to encourage and keep these kids going who are virtually our face or face to face. I believe I'm truly blessed to have a job where I have flexibility in my hours. Our school schedule is only three days a week. Um, and we did that so that students could have balance. But the beautiful thing about it is our staff and our administration and teachers have balance. Um, so I think just alone, luckily, I have not had burnout because I'm so passionate, but also because the school schedule allows me to work and get my cup filled here at school with my students and then still have enough energy. Maybe that's a question but you have enough energy for my four and a half and one year old when I get home. And that's probably the, the biggest blessing I, I get out of this school. Um, but I think, you know, teachers are remarkable people. And when they know that there are students out there that have needs, they're going to rise to the occasion. Um, and that has not been a question for our staff here. And so um, luckily uh, my business partner, Debbie Beasley, um, you know, she was ahead of this. She's very well read and continues to stay on top of what's happening in the world. And she, I remember her pulling me into her office and we just had a conversation about, you know, look, this is where we think this is going to go. And this was early February. 
Um, so we, you know, prayed about it. We talked to our staff and we trained our staff and our students to go virtual before the end of February so that when it was the decision was made, everybody knew how to do it and what we were going to do. And I think that's the biggest part of it is we ensured the children, you know, we're going to make it. You're still going to get to see your teachers. Um, you're still going to get an education. And I think it is a privilege. You know, we are a private school. So that's, uh, you know, we're very well aware of the fact that that's not the case for everyone. And that's where we're trying to just encourage other teachers and other people in education. Um, you know, our teachers are meeting students before classes and, um, you know, we're, we're trying to do as much as we can for our students. Um, but our students are also giving back to us as much. So I think it's, we all know it's a, it's a rough road. It's hard. It's very tough. Um, we're all suffering, you know, we, we want our normal back, um, but we also want to be smart about it. But I think these students are probably the most affected, you know, they're losing proms, they're losing the first day of senior year when they get to ride up with their car painted. So we're trying to give them that bit of normalcy and that bit of community that we believe is so very important. Um, even if it's through a screen for some of them, um, and it's really easy to get excited when you know that your excitement can change the way a kid feels about having to show up and be a part of class. And I think that's, you know, I'm known as being the loud one at school. I dress up in a Raptor costume on Highway 9 a couple weeks ago. And I think, you know, sometimes you have to reach down really, really deep to find that enthusiasm and excitement when times are so hard. And, you know, we say it's like the Friends commercial where they're moving the couch. You have yelled pivot 3,000 times by the end of the day. Um, but you got to bring it. And if your kids can see you smile and laugh, then they know, okay, we're, we're going to be all right. If, if, if they can get through it and they can laugh and they can smile, you know, we're, we're going to make it. So it's, we've got an incredible team here and these teachers are giving 140%. I thought prior, there was no way they could give any more and they show up and they give more. I love the um, enthusiasm with which you you delivered that answer, Jennifer, and, and not surprised about it at all. I've heard all three of you say um, effectively that it's not about you, right? So whether it's about your employees or about your your um, son, your family, or about the students, um, or any combination of those, you know, it's it's really the end of the day. It's what you pour out into others, and the fact that you're saying it's not about you. Um, and I love that. I, I think that's definitely signature, um, you know, women influencing business every day. It's about others. Um, I want to to thank you all, but I also want to ask, I'll call this speed round because we, we definitely don't have time. I want to wrap this up, but I do want this answer. Um, and the question is this, how do you encourage and empower other women in your organization? And a quick answer would be great. And it may be the same answer for all of you, but I would love to hear from you how you encourage and empower other women, um, you know, who are coming behind you. It's important, ladies. Anybody want to want to jump in there? Okay, I'll start. Um, yes, um, and in, in technology, especially women are very underrepresented. And so I, I, and I believe any culture needs to be in balance because when someone, when that culture is out of balance, everybody feels it in the very heartbeat of the company. So it's very hard, but we're always looking for women engineers. But, um, but uh, so I got involved with women in technology and um, did a scholarship 
for um, disadvantaged women who uh, needed help going to Georgia Tech or wherever to finish their technology degrees. And handing that big giant check to the winner every year was, I'm going to tell you, it was just the best, the bomb, the bomb. And uh, and then supporting those women, keeping in touch with them. I seen the, our first um, award winner, and she was our intern too, become very influ- uh, um, graduate and become a uh, coder at Band of Coders, and we still keep in touch. And um, I, but I also want to encourage men. Men have to be part of the equation if we're ever going to get an equal representation in, um, of, of women in technology and in a lot of underrepresented uh, fields. We we need our brothers. We need them. If they don't have a daughter at home to encourage and um, to build up, adopt one at work. So we need your support, mentors and sponsors. Love it. So scholarship and investing with with finances um, and with mentoring or, or internships. How about you, Gloria? So I love to mentor women. Um, I, I did it in my corporate world. And, and now that 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 I have my own business is, is something that is big for me and love it. Um, and the way that I encourage them, I have a couple of my team members that um, have grown with me from very uh, basic positions. And now they are, they are my managers and, and my assistant managers. And it's so beautiful to see them grow. Um, and they have been in a specific example, individuals that came in very shy, didn't know what they can do, had no experience in the industry whatsoever. And um, my my biggest thing has been, you got to try something new. You got to step out of what you know and try something new. Don't be afraid about it and just believe in yourself. So that's my biggest thing. If you want something that you've never had, try so something So encourage new. them to challenge themselves. It's a great one. Great one. challenge. Jennifer? Yep. I would say take time to celebrate the wins. You know, life is all about we make it these milestones. When I get there, then I'll celebrate. When I graduate with my master's, when, you know, I do this, there are things that women are doing, men as well, but women are doing in this school um, that are just worth stopping and acknowledging and saying, man, that was a fantastic idea or that was a great thing to include in our COVID safety plan. Like you may have just saved us 60 hours. So let's, you know, kudos to you. Um, because the, the schools, you know, a, a school day is so much in the grind. Um, I think a big part of our culture is just giving staff shout outs and something as simple as, you know, every other week or sometimes every couple months, just doing an email that gives a staff shout out of everybody that did something, whether it was an act of kindness that they thought was unseen or, you know, just staying behind to work with a kid that no nobody knew that they were there. They didn't know that we happened to just catch it in the corner of our eye. Um, but it lets everyone know the, the good the good deeds that you think are going unnoticed. Um, they're they're helping the school culture. They're helping the students. But I think, you know, any any woman that steps up and does something worth celebrating you as a leader and you as you know, the owner of a business, you should celebrate it with them and you should point out because you're going to point out the bad things. So you might as well, you know, you have to sometimes. So you might as well make sure that you're um, pointing out the positives too. Celebrating. I love it. Three great pieces of advice. And ladies, um, I certainly echo our our members and our uh, Women Influencing Business Committee sentiments when they selected you. Um, Finally, just real quick, we need to know how we can find you. Jennifer, what is the website for your wonderful Rivers Academy School? It is www.riversacademy.com. 
Fabulous. And Julie, how do we find um, Edge Solutions? What is your website? And I would love for everybody to come to our, our, our webpage um, created by um, our very own Samantha Vince at um, Edge Solutions. And that's www.edge-solutions.com. Great. So edge-solutions. Gloria, I saved you to last because most of the people probably have you on there like speed, order me a cake. But what is your website? <laughs> it's www.nothingbuncakes.com slash Alpharetta. Slash Alpharetta, the very important part there. So they <laughs> get it right here at home. Ladies, this has been absolutely the joy of my November. Um, It is Thanksgiving month. I want to thank all of you for all you've given to the community, to your businesses, and to this chamber. I'm grateful to get to to work with you all and um, try to make this community better. And so it's a team effort. I definitely want to thank all of you, of course, for joining me today. I also want to thank all of our listeners for joining us on GNFCC 400 Insider, of course, presented by the Greater North Fulton Chamber. To listen to this show again or to hear any of our previous episodes, please visit gnfcc400insider.com on any or any of your favorite podcast platforms. To find out more about our Women Influencing Business Award winners and to learn more about the Greater North Fulton Chamber and all of our events and programs, visit gnfcc.com. Until next time. I'm Callie Boatwright, and this has been the GNFCC 400 Insider on Business Radio X.